0: This week on the Magnificently Huge Podcast, we're going to Vietnam!
1: Welcome to the Magnificently Huge Podcast with your hosts, Eric Reed, Brian Kruger, and Chris Ryerson. Three idiots who decided to slap an adverb together with an adjective to bring you one Magnificently Huge discussion each week about the movies and pop culture we kind of like, maybe even secretly love, before we ultimately crab all over them. We're not here to save the world. We're just here to make it weirder. One podcast at a time. This is magnificently huge. It's a
0: beach party, Vietnam. Surfing with the Cooking hot dogs with Beach party, Vietnam. That's right, this week we're talking about Vietnam War movies. The war that was no fun to anyone in this country and until Hollywood got a hold of it and then made it, well, kind of awesome. We're going to talk about the actionary ones, the, the anti-hero ones, the make you feel bad ones, the, all the Vietnam movies that are worth watching. We're covering because that's how we roll, yo. If you like the show, Give us a review on iTunes, make sure it's five stars, because we need all the help we can get. Or look for us on the social medias, because we're there too, and we'd like to hear from you. Um, yes? Hi. Podcasting? Yeah, I'm doing the intro for the Vietnam show. Nam. Oh, I think I recorded all that too. These intros are so damn hard. They're like my own personal Vietnam. Oh, hold on. Alright, let me see if I can Oh I turn this off. Welcome back to the Megas Hume Show. It's Epic Eric Reed. I the code was Timothy, Chris Ryerson, and Brian Kruger. If you want to go to other things you like this show, you can contact us on Twitter at Mac Huge. Look at MacHuge really Huge on the Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. Hi. We're so, <laughs> we're so discombobulated; it's ridiculous. We've been doing this uh, for two and in- a half years, and eventually we'll get it right.
2: Yeah, no, we won't. No, we eventually won't. We, have we, Statistically, we have to. We do We have to. Who wants to introduce themselves first?
0: I am Eric.
2: Hi, Eric. <laughs> Hi, Eric. I am Brian. Hi, Hi Brian. Brian. I am
0: Chris. Go fuck yourself, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> and see. <laughs> okay. Welcome to the show. Uh, yeah. Energy. How's everybody? How's everybody doing today? How's everybody doing pretty now? good. Doing pretty good. Good, good. How you doing, my man? Oh, I'm feeling all right. Getting yeah? good grades. Future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. You know.
2: <laughs> I gotta wear shade. Yeah, yeah, you got any shit that's fresh? Uh Oh, we're dumping right into it.
0: Fresh it! Motherfucker, fresh it! This shit is fresh. Oh, shit, it's fresh. This stuff is really <laughs> fresh.
2: Okay, well, then I'll go since you're pointing the finger at me. Please, sir. Uh, so. The other day, Stranger Things season three started on the Netflix, and oh. I have watched all eight episodes as of now. Oh. So I've seen. The, I have watched none of them uh, yet. I've seen the full thing, and uh, it's good. I will tell you that it's good. I don't want to give any spoilers, but I will just say this: that after the second season, which was also good but very, very dour. <laughs> I mean it just it was so goddamn serious so much of the time the second uh, one, one
0: or the third one
2: the second one Yeah
1: I didn't like the second one very much
2: it, it it was definitely sequelitis territory for me because it was just uh we got to go back So the third one uh for inexplicable reasons the town of Hawkins is also again dealing with this mind flayer thing uh you'll figure it out pretty quick uh, so that's not really a spoiler But this season, eight episodes, they decided they were going to have some goddamn fun, and (laughs) it worked. Oh, good. Uh, So you get a lot of just goofball shit. I mean, I know it's a a story about a demonic presence from another dimension that's trying to kill people and take over and this and that, and the girl's got telekinetic powers. But in the realm of the way they've already set it up, it makes perfect sense and it's reasonable – but in this one, they just throw in some batshit storylines that on any other show, you'd be like, come on. But they they roll with it, and it works, and it's amazing, uh, and it's super fun. And it's literally, this is where all of them are horny teenagers now as well. So there's a lot of <laughs> sucking face. Uh, there's a lot of girlfriend, boyfriend exchanges with what's going on. You suck! No, you suck! You're you're dumped. Blah blah blah. Uh, but really, the true revelation in this series is uh, the journey of Steve Harrington. Uh, they really <laughs> managed to just take him to a whole nother level with this one, and it's amazing. And then,
1: all right, help me out. Which one is Steve again?
2: He's the the boyfriend from the first series. The hair uh, was at one time a dick.
1: Is he like the. The pretty boy, yeah. and he befriends one of the kids? Yeah, so in the first series, he's the dick. Okay. In the
2: second season, he befriends Dustin uh, and becomes sort of his like big brother mentor type. Uh, but in this one, he's uh, basically been cut off from his f- whatever family fortune, so his dad's making him work at an ice cream shop at the mall called Scoops Ahoy, uh, <laughs> and he's basically just drowning in self-pity. Because uh, he's lost his Mac game and he's just a joke. Uh, but it takes place in this. I'm happy about this because yeah. the, the guy, I guess,
1: built his own role because he was written as the dick in season one. Yeah. But then when they were shooting it, it's like, this guy's really good. And they gave his character some redeeming qualities and gave him an out. Yeah. So it's nice to hear that they're capitalizing. Yeah. On and it.
2: this one, he's definitely a lovable goofus uh, who's decided that. Being popular in high school uh, is not where he wanted to peak. And so it's sort of a lot of existential stuff. So the, a lot of the journey of Steve is very fun. Uh, and then they give him another sidekick who's a, a contemporary from his school uh, who also works with him at the ice cream shop. Her name is Robin. And then they develop sort of a friendship uh, through the course of the show. Uh, and it's quite endearing. So that, actually, that component of the show is the, probably the strongest. Uh, and then the rest is, you know, it's still interesting. It's fun. Uh, they kind of up the ante a little bit as far as the, the stakes. Uh, but the references they drop in this season, uh, not so much the music stuff. Uh, they're, this, this season, it's all about Corey Hart, Madonna, uh, Huey Lewis right, and the they're News. They're straight up
1: like middle of the 80s, like 85 here. Yeah, because right?
2: they're like summer of 85 is where they're at in this one. Uh, so the big overarching uh, pop culture thing that's in this one is Back to the Future, because that had come out okay. that summer. So there's a lot, as you get on, there's a lot of that, but it starts with a reference to Day of the Dead because they sneak into a, a mm-hmm. showing. And so that sort of parlays into the overall thematic of the plot. So all of the plot points are accentuated by particular pop culture references from the era uh, as they are wont to do in this series, but they all work and it's fun. Uh, But you get, you know, you get some Scooby-Doo action, uh, Red Dawn war games. There's even some die hard. uh, They do full on empire because it's like three different storylines and the gangs all split up doing their own thing. They're all sort (laughs) of working towards the same purpose, but they don't know it. Uh, So it's, it's good, but it's very jokey, very fun, and uh, I recommend it highly. And it's only eight episodes, so you can binge it pretty fast.
1: Yeah, I, I guess I'd always thought of it as a Halloween show, so it coming out in July is kind of throwing yeah. me. But.
2: Well, the, one of the other overarching thematics is uh, Jaws, because it takes place right around July 4th, and that's when the big like climax of the show happens with the, sh- the monster showdown. And so it's very much like Jaws on, on Amity Beach. And you've got a corrupt mayor played by Carrie Elwes uh, right out of jaws. So, I mean, it's just, you know, you look at it, you're like, if this were any other show, it would feel totally lazy, but they (laughs) somehow make it pop and it's fun. So, yeah. Stranger Things 3 has just, 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 just dropped.
0: I am looking forward to it. That's really all I did. All right, Brian, then that is on you, sir.
1: Okay, Um, I got two things. So my movie this week, I went and saw Yesterday, the new Danny Boyle film. Yeah, I want to see
0: that this week. Did all your troubles seem so far away?
1: Yesterday, You need to allow your troubles to go far away to watch this movie. Um, It didn't seem like my cup of tea. It is is just a hangout feel-good movie. Do not put any real scrutiny into it. You're just going (laughs) to upset yourself.
0: (laughs) <laughs> um i figured it was one of those he bonks his head he has a a fever dream he wakes up and goes you know my life isn't so bad well yeah right uh i just i just did the movie yeah
1: it's kind of it's yeah it's completely predictable if you've seen the trailer you pretty much know what you're in for yeah. right um so it's this guy himesh patel who is super charismatic uh, playing off of Lily James, who is also super charismatic, and so there's these—they're this, uh, you know, will they, won't they couple um, that that really carries this this absurd premise, uh, the premise being that there's a worldwide blackout um, for ten seconds, uh, after which our our hero comes back and he's the only person who can
2: remember the songs of the Beatles. Or is he?
1: Okay, Um, well
2: let me stop you right there and ask a very pertinent question, because it's what I thought of when I saw the premise. Is he? Uh Do all of the Beatles albums ever made also disappear off the fucking planet?
0: Yeah, no one has heard any of these songs. In the preview, he does a Google search for the Beatles, and all it shows him are bugs. Yeah.
1: Okay. And I won't spoil it for Eric, but the Beatles aren't the only thing that went away. So there's some other stuff that went away, too. Uh, Of course, Oasis is one of them, but that's, you know, that's in the trailer. (laughs) Okay. How could you have Oasis without the Beatles? Yeah. I mean, but they're the only band that that listened to the Beatles and were influenced by the Beatles, apparently, you know, because everything
0: else still exists. Oh, I get it. uh, They can't exist because they didn't have Beatles to rip off.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Got it. (laughs) So anyway... Uh, yeah, it's fun. It's frothy. It's, it's brainless. Uh, but, you know, it's cute. It's fun.
0: Yeah, because so much Danny Boyle is usually so uh, dense. You know, it's yeah. like whether it's a good ending or a bad ending, you just walk out of there going, oh. Well, and most of his stuff is really super bleak on yeah. most levels, too. Like
2: train spotting, which I love. But that's just that's a super dark comedy, and
0: unless you're in the mood for it, it's going to wallop you across the head. But I mean, even Slumdog ends happily, but by the end of it, I'm like, oh my god, how many days was I in that theater? I loved it, but Jesus <laughs> Christ. It's just no, very this, dense.
1: This is, this is not that at all. This is just a straightforward poppy movie. Um, there's one great cameo towards the end. You'll know it when you see it. And um, oh, I gotta say, it's, I'm not gonna tell yeah. you who it is okay. or what it's about. <laughs> They've I don't, exhumed John um,
2: Lennon, um, and, don't and do they problem- up. yeah, well, the, that would the, be hot if they dug it, up the dead movie, ones. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> this movie contains probably the the best rendition of the song "Help" I've ever heard. Um, yeah, that- where the character the character is actually feeling the the uh, you know the expression of the song lyrics, and he's. Like playing it live, and he's like screaming at the audience, just like "Please
0: help me!" And yeah, it works. That was that was the other thing. I was I was hoping to hear some cool Beatles covers. The Vegas show, love. While you know, it's either need to hear there. It's it's got some neat mixes of Beatles songs. At least I figured. At least the music's got to be good, is it?
1: It is. I mean, it's it's largely stripped down. It's like a dude and a guitar. Basically, most of the time, mm-hmm. or a piano. So it's like um, a busker. Yeah, kind of. Anyway, yeah, it's
2: fun. Cool. Check it out. So if there's no memory of the Beatles, that means that the Ruttles will have never existed.
1: Yep, there's going to be no Ruttles and in this movie. And that makes no me way. sad.
0: Yeah. That makes me sad. Well, maybe so. they did, They did, like, uh, maybe Rutland Tonight did a thing on the Rolling Stones. <laughs>
1: maybe. I'd like, I'd like to think that somehow the monkeys were the biggest band in history in this movie's universe. I'm sure
0: they
2: do too. (laughs) (laughs) And they also exhumed the dead one there. Mm. Okay. So
1: So for my other fresh shit, um, I've started watching, I finally got around to, I've watched the first four or so episodes of Star Trek Discovery. Ah,
0: okay, good. Tell me what you thought. Mm. Or what you're thinking rather. You say you're about four episodes in? Of season yeah. one. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I I came to this show reluctantly. Everything about it was rubbing me the wrong way. <laughs> right? Um, so it's set in so it's set in the prime timeline, is not in the timeline of the new J.J. Abrams Kelvin timeline. Right. And it's a prequel to the original series, but not a prequel to the Scott Bakula Enterprise show, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, you remember, like, a year ago, I had actually, it was my fresh shit, and I had said that there's all sorts of weird technology holes. Yeah. Like, like, shit yeah. that, that exists and shouldn't exist, and other shit that, if that first pile of shit exists, should exist. Yeah. Like, the hologramming, and the, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it, it, it kind of bugs on that level um and especially so i'm not i don't think i'm spoiling much given that i'm only on episode four and this is pretty well established the thing about the discovery is that it has this experimental drive that is biologically based and allows them to instantaneously jump anywhere in the known galaxy which they'd better come up with a damn good reason why by the time of the next generation nobody had perfected this thing they do as this show goes on because fuck you yeah they do (laughs) okay um, Do they have holodecks? They have holograms yeah. that are like across subspace, but I, I can deal with that. They had the, the screens, you know, across subspace. So yeah, I could see that they would project holograms. I'm I'm willing to kind of forgive that stuff. They are doing a better job of it than I th- thought they were. Um it's a very it's a very
0: non-Roddenberry
1: yeah. show. Roddenberry oh, yeah. would have hated this thing.
0: I, you know what? I, maybe or maybe not, you've got to watch it to the end and then let's talk again. I, I tell you, okay. this thing takes you for a ride and I think you will enjoy. As, See, as two people who used to geek the fuck out on Star Trek all the time, <laughs> it does a lot of the things we used to always say, God, I wish they'd do this. I'm look. I'm, I'm
1: hopeful at this point. Roddenberry would have hated it because Roddenberry's whole deal was that humanity had gotten over their petty differences and there was no conflict between the Starfleet people. Yeah. And boy is that not the case on this show. There's all kinds of conflict between the Starfleet people <laughs>
0: well, in Discovery. Yeah. Well, I'll just say that, you know, that's okay cuz Gene Roddenberry was a cunt. Gene Kuhn would have loved this, <laughs> and he's the real reason Star Trek is
1: awesome. Nicholas Meyer's involved in this show in some capacity. Yeah, and so, uh, Brian Singer Huh. And then uh, the other thing about this show I got to say is the Klingon geeks have better be like all over this show. Yeah. Because there is more spoken Klingon language in this show than there has been in all of Star Trek. By the end of the fourth episode, I'm sure they've had to rewrite the entire Klingon language just to accommodate this show. Yeah. So those, those people who are out there speaking Klingon, they... I have to assume they love this
0: shit. And I, I even if even though it is Klingon, anytime there's a foreign language, I prefer it that you actually, you know, you, either you use the language or you, yeah, you you do like Red October where you say, okay, we're speaking that language, but we're we're not going to speak in accents because that's goofy, right? I I like the pure dedication to they speak another language
1: yeah no, they go they go deep on the klingon in this thing so that's
2: <laughs>
0: i went deep that's on a klingon once it was not pretty. oh
1: that didn't end well hey
0: <laughs> this <laughs> is eric what about you, this isn't, you a kirk, this isn't a kirk star Trek. he didn't say he went balls deep on a klingon <laughs> okay yeah. uh okay so uh this week i'm reading a book oh god Yeah, Chernobyl, a history of a nuclear catastrophe, because I've been waiting to get HBO so I could watch the miniseries. And I finally just said, fuck it. I want to I want to read it now. And the the thing I'm getting from it is that the whole catastrophe at every turn, everything that goes wrong always has to do with communism, that they, they, they built it too cheap. They were afraid to take responsibility for things. They were, the bureaucrats were all trained to not take the blame. It got, people were getting killed right and left because nobody wanted to say, I think we should evacuate the town. It's just a clusterfuck right and left. And I wish in a thousand years when they make the comedy version, I'm reincarnated into something that can watch it because it'll be hilarious. <laughs> Are you going to go, like, take trips there and do, like, selfies? What, at Chernobyl? Yeah. No, I really want to go to Stalingrad, though, because I, uh, I or, or, or Voldenostok, I can't really say it, but that's, you know, where the real fighting in World War II happened. And I, I, I'd love to see all of those insane burial mounds they have. They have they have some of the craziest shit. This has nothing to do with the book. You can now. go to
1: Red Square, or you can see a burial mound. <laughs> they have they have this What's huge
0: freestanding statue of uh, "The Motherland Calls for You." It's called, and it's this enormous uh, plinth, and it's on top of this mass grave of ten thousand people, which is just a fraction of the people who died in L- Stalingrad. That shit, I want to see. Anyway. Uh, I'm fascinated with with Russia and uh, the Soviet Union and their insanity, but it's funny to me that basically the whole thing could have not happened were it not for all the failures of communism. So it's emblematic of the failures of communism. It's the kind of thing that, uh, uh, like, in the Reagan era, they were probably saying, oh, well, they fucked up because they're commies. And I would have gone, uh uh-huh, yeah, all right, whatever. Well, it turns out it's true. That is exactly <laughs> why.
1: Uh, damn so it. I, could see, I could see pure capitalists making the same choices, though, right? Like, the profits are going to just tank and the stock price will go down. We can't say anything about
0: this. Yeah. Like, and and yeah, true, and if there was no regulation, then, you know, there are always going to be people who say, oh, it's not my job, you do it. It's not my job, you do it. But, yeah, these are people going on for days and days and days. They're, they're having their, the, the, the Soviet version, basically, the 4th of July was that weekend. And they had parades and parties and all this shit. And all the while, these party people are going, you know, I think we really should fucking tell these people they need to leave. And nobody would do mm-hmm. it. It's, yeah, nuts. Uh, and, uh, like, I guess the West only found out about this because Sweden, a, a, a nuclear power plant in Sweden, their radiation levels were spiking, and at first they thought they had a problem. And when they realized they didn't, they were like, I, I think it's that one in Russia way over there. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, it's just fascinating. Market. I love disasters. I'm I've never been shy about that. This is a real disaster, and it's fucking awesome. And we're gonna be with it for the next ten thousand years. Da 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 da, boy! And the other thing I I, I took in was uh, the Black Mirror episode Rachel, Jack, and Ashley two, <laughs> starring Hannah Montana. <laughs>
1: I have I've have now watched the other two episodes of that season and not that one. Okay.
0: <laughs> we'll
2: talk. The, is, no, but go ahead. Go ahead. We'll is talk. that the one with that the happy nine inch Nails song? Yes. Yes. Okay. I'm so 20,
1: ambition, I'm going to get what I deserve. So
0: forward, which is listenable i mean because it's not her it's it's obviously trent reznor but i i I, the the episode itself is another sort of teen comedy not unlike you know a a, a, an insect superhero movie we might have mentioned recently i (laughs) i've had enough of that you know but i don't know i think i think actually now i just need to admit not my cup of tea that's all it didn't suck it's just not my cup of tea (laughs) have i grown
2: have i matured is that what that means that's not what i'm hearing Uh. but
1: (laughs) gotten old maybe i don't know about matured there's a difference
0: is there i think it's the same thing
1: so is rachel jack and ashley too good as a black
0: mirror episode as a black mirror episode it's the weakest one i've ever seen i gotta be honest there's all sorts of things that I looked at it and I went, ooh, this could get interesting. Ooh, this could get interesting. Ooh, I see where they're going. And you know how a Black Mirror episode is. It takes one piece of technology and pushes it way over the line. This is like a bunch of different things that are only there to serve this very juvenile story. Ah, I do want that Rachel 2 doll, though. I think it is really neat what they have in that. Uh, They have an idea for doing concerts in the future that I think is a really great idea. And I still want to just punch Miley Cyrus dead in the face. I mean, I just cannot stand her. <laughs> yeah. I don't
1: know. I've I've got some respect for her in that. She was raised, you know, in in the Disney universe, (laughs) and she has basically been sticking her thumb in the eye of everybody ever since. I don't know. I I can actually respect.
0: Though it feels really, it does feel really calculated to me, though. It's like, hey, I'm not Hannah Montana anymore. Look at my vagina. That's my favorite song of hers, honestly. That would be a good song. Look at my vagina. (laughs) Look at my vagina. Yeah, and then she sticks her tongue out and does that face but i i no no it's just not my cup of tea that's all calm down breathe in breathe out <laughs> round don't toes. don't send us your hannah montana hate mail yeah i, I or, or I do but it, send it to eric though i did think it was interesting once when i watched uh spider-man homecoming that the other star of that show was betty
1: oh oh spider-man far from home
0: you mean what did i say homecoming well the the europe one yeah spider-man going somewhere else (laughs) spider-man national lampoons european spider-man
2: yes
0: (laughs) that
1: one eric i'm looking forward to you watching the the third episode of this season of black mirror we should talk about that oh yeah okay all right all right well We'll, maybe we'll do like a black mirror
0: recap episode that could be fun (sighs) oh
1: <sighs> chris hasn't been watching it now, no i sucks i still not seen any that's why i'm very quiet. ah
0: all right arg well then we we'll, that one we'll have to wait uh that's all i've got so fresh goes better, fresh goes
1: better. Fresh goes Go fresh.
0: this week a fun romp uh, a joyous little thing that i'm gonna try and actually get through quick because it's not joyous at all it's the vietnam war uh which was a conflict the United States got involved in, in the middle of the last century. It took forever to get out of. Uh, If you've ever, no one gets to the Vietnam war quickly, Eric. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the way everyone says that, uh, you know, instead of a genius, they say they're an Einstein. Instead of a disaster, they say it's the Titanic. When it comes to something you just can't get out of, like, you know, selling a home, it's your Vietnam. That's where that comes from. That expression that I just made up. Uh, Ironic, since
1: we've been stuck in Afghanistan even longer, but... Yeah,
0: right? Nobody cares. I think because they didn't have uh, iPhones. You know, they didn't have, like... They do not have a draft. They didn't have better baubles. Yeah, that's right. Volunteer army. That does change everything. We'll have to talk about that someday, too. But here's the deal. Uh, Vietnam War happens, and everyone in America is really embarrassed about it. They don't want to make films about it. You rarely hear about it. Something like Taxi Driver happens, and you just have to guess that Bickle was in Vietnam. They don't out and say it because we're just living in shame for like 10 years. And, and then you've got Oliver Stone who makes Platoon in 1986. And this kicks off the Vietnam movie as a genre. This is my thesis going here. And for the next several years, you get Vietnam genre movies. There's a... a, a, a like, 11 of them that I counted up. One of them I don't really think of as a Vietnam movie. You want to hear the list? Well, I want to challenge your thesis. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, thought, I figured maybe talk, you'd I mean, need What the movies, about but... The Deer
1: Hunter? What about um, First Blood? And even Rambo itself? Or, um, or Apocalypse Now? Oh, yeah. Or Apocalypse Now. Or, oh,
0: no, don't get me wrong. Once you get into the 80s, there there's a lot of self-forgiveness. And, you know, like like First Blood was a hilarious look at Vietnam because it basically said, you know, it wasn't, you know, it, it, it wasn't the troops fault. It was the bureaucrats. We were okay. But there was no questioning of the war itself. You know, actually making films talking about the Vietnam experience didn't happen. It's like, like, uh, that's why I brought up taxi driver. It's either jingoistic or it's hidden. So it would uh, like coming home.
2: Would that count?
0: Oh, totally. Yeah. Okay. No, I'm just saying. Like, I didn't. I I, I guess as a genre, like you know, like a western, I don't think it happened until you know Platoon happened. Because once Platoon hit, you just get this string of Vietnam movies all trying to be more meaningful than the last. You know what I mean?
1: Well, yeah, and of course, Missing in Action was the most meaningful. I think.
0: (laughs)
2: Well, I think you know, if you're going to go Missing in Action, then really the crown jewel of that series is the second one. Where he's actually in Vietnam as a POW, do you know? Escaping, it's the do,
0: prequel. Yeah. Do you know they made those out of sequence? That uh, Mission and uh, Missing in Action Two was supposed to be the first one, and they made it, and they were like, "This is shit." And so they they went and made <laughs> Missing in Action, <laughs> <laughs>
2: and, and it then, was
0: inexplicably a hit. Yeah. And they said, "Oh, really? Well, shit, we've got a sequel already," and they did.
2: Vietnam, nineteen eighty four. Chuck Norris frees the Americans. Missing in action. Now, the secret of his rage can be revealed.
0: Missing in action 2. The beginning.
2: Yeah.
1: All right, so we distracted Eric. What, what's your list? you have a list of the genre? Yeah.
0: Um, okay, so this is, like, very quickly. It's Platoon, and then the next year you had Gardens of Stone, Full Metal Jacket, and Hamburger Hill. Right? Gardens of Stone, utterly forgettable, but Full Metal Jacket and Hamburger Hill are kind of the big three then you have good morning vietnam the same year which i don't think really is a vietnam movie we can get to that bat 21 the hilarious casualties of war did either of you see that one <laughs>
2: i haven't seen it in With years michael
0: j fox and sean penn and sean yeah. penn is sean penning the shit out of it and michael j fox is trying to sean penn and it is fucking hilarious we ain't supposed to be doing this Everybody else is up for this. This is kidnapping, and it's Yeah,
2: what I remember about that one is basically uh, he's Michael P or uh, Alex B Keaton in Nam. I mean, yeah. it's just that's sort of that vibe. He's very yeah. grating, and it's like you're not the right protagonist for this vehicle
0: and there's all sorts all. of points in that film where he starts swearing at the bad guys with such perfect alex p keaton diction that it's just <laughs> a scream yeah yeah that's a that's a low point for de palma right and then that same year born on the fourth of july which oh, i think is sort Christ. of riced. the that i think that was sort of oliver stone's way of saying okay now i've opened the door now i'm closing it You know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a vietnam movie but it's gonna be about the after effects and let's let's cut the shit now
1: i i thought that was tom cruise wants an oscar yeah it
2: seriously was like back in the day when tom cruise is very calculated about the projects and that was totally designed to hey i'm gonna get this fucking oscar
1: i wanted to be a good american i wanted to serve my country i couldn't wait to fight my first
0: war i'm not questioning you know tom cruise's uh reasoning i'm just saying yeah. the in in terms of the genre that's 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 ollie stone trying to basically put a cap on it yeah, unfortunately which, he didn't do it in time because that is then followed by flight of the intruder and air america <laughs> uh, which are
2: like flight ho- of the intruder
0: laughably horrible yeah wasn't uh, that and, was
2: that that was Milius? right flight of the intruder Milius
0: was flight of the intruder air america okay. Who knows? That was. Uh, but that was. Jones- that was uh,
2: Spottis- is- Wood? Roger Spottis- Spottis- Wood. Wood? Yeah. 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 That guy. Because that's, that's the one with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and Mel Gibson as the CIA pilots in Cambodia, right?
0: Yeah. The, the gang of misfits who fly yeah. drugs for the CIA or whatever. That was,
2: yeah. Like Good Morning Vietnam is kind of a weird beast because it's comedy but drama, but it sort of opened the door, but you don't see a lot of vietnam movie war movie comedies and air america was one of the weird beasts
0: yeah i i and 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 i don't well i mentioned this when i was talking about it last week but anybody noticed that good morning vietnam had its entire structure stolen for howard stern's private parts that it does basically the same thing. I know how to do radio and you don't know a fucking thing. Well, you, you better, you know, get under heel, mister. Well I won't. And what do you uh, think about them beans? You know, yikes. It's the exact same movie. I've never actually seen Private Parts,
2: but I'll take your word. Okay,
1: it is. So I don't think Howard Stern is above ripping off a popular movie. <laughs> No. He's probably like, yeah, sure, we'll just call it Good Morning, Show Me Your Tits.
0: Or Ivan yeah. Reitman. Let's face it, it's really Ivan Reitman's fault. Howard Stern was just, you know, there. Yeah. Fucking Ivan Reitman. But anyway, yeah, so those are like the, the standard sort of era Vietnam films when people think of that. But yeah. I, 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 as you say, those aren't the only ones. And there are better films. There are more interesting films.
2: I put together
0: my own top 10 list, but I'm willing to just discuss before we get to that. uh, I'm interested in the genre itself,
2: Vietnam War movies, uh, through the lens of when the movies themselves were made. Yeah. Because in the beginning of the genre, and basically let's call, I don't know, say the Green Berets, but with John Wayne. Let's call that Ground Zero. Okay. Okay. Because uh, it was really the first one to sort of tackle it. They were sort of approaching it from all of like the World War II flavor propaganda yeah. films where it's, you know, the gung ho heroes and hey, everybody's the good guy
0: from America kind of thing. That's, and they didn't really muddy the waters too much. What's, interesting, just, what's interesting about that film is that uh, it was a big hit when it came out because yeah. we weren't heavy into Vietnam yet and everyone at home just wanted to know what the fuck was going on there. What does it look like? Yeah. What do the people look like? They we had no information on Vietnam at all. So I, I think yeah. It, yeah, it did well just because it gave some, even if it was spotty information. Unfortunately, it was also John Wayne, you know, Blast. blasting his right wing dick all over the country.
2: Yeah, it's a super jingoistic movie, yeah. uh, but it definitely follows that World War II template. Yeah, and even the Korean War, uh, the movies were very, you know, hey. Uh, but it was really before it started to sink in that we so were... As a as a Gen X
1: person, the Korean War is indistinguishable from World War II because of the way it was filmed. <laughs> Basically. I'll, give, I'll it's go you one Stories better. about it were yeah. I'll go to you just one the better that
0: George Takei I, is an Arvin sergeant in... is a member. Yeah, he's an Arvin colonel in this yeah. movie. George Takei, a Japanese guy playing a Vietnamese guy because, yeah. you know, weird eyes. That's what you do. that's a a John Wayne film yeah Yeah. but I liked it so you get these sort of
2: traditional Hollywood war epics uh, but they don't really fit uh, once people started to understand what a morass the Vietnam War was and how just fucked up it was on all levels it's like well we're trying to stop communism but we don't really know how we're going to do that so we're just going to shock and awe but it was a non-traditional war and we basically just could not yeah. Zig and zag the way that we were, we should have to, I guess, come out
0: with whatever outcome we wanted. Now that's why the Vietnam as a genre, you know, film doesn't start till Platoon because that's when people who actually fought in it start making movies. Yeah, before that, it's it's a cash grab or it's jingoism or it's any number of things that have nothing to do with the actual war in Vietnam. Either we kicked ass or we need a reason for Swamp Thing to happen. But none of it is actually about the war.
2: Well, I, I like, uh, just, I'll jump the gun. My personal favorite of all the Vietnam War movies is still Apocalypse Now. Mm-hmm. But I think it's be- not so much because it's, quote-unquote, a Vietnam movie, because it's very allegorical, it's drawn from the Joseph Conrad source material, and it's basically just anti-imperialism. And just about how war drives everyone mad. Yeah. Uh, but it's just, from start to finish, it's just always draws me in. But it could easily be about any conflict anywhere, yeah. at any time. Uh, so it's, that one's sort of odd to me, is a Vietnam quote-unquote movie. Because I, you could really translate it to
0: anything. I, it's on my top ten list. It'll, yeah you know, it, it, is, it is one of the best yeah, Vietnam films easily, one of the best war films. But I think it's funny that all, that Francis Ford Coppola made Gardens of Stone, which came out right after Platoon, which was yeah. just a failure because it was completely straight and patting itself on the back. And, you know, there was just nothing there there was the statement was like too easily made whereas apocalypse yeah. now he goes straight to absurdism i mean so much yeah. of that is almost Bunwell, how weird it is and you get just what the fuck he's trying to say
2: well i love
1: that yeah apocalypse now goes so insane that it i have to admit it kind of loses me in the back half and mm-hmm. and maybe that's just that i'm shallow and lame i don't know well but- i think
2: it's just it's it's a very dense film because he just basically Progressively gets more and more fever dreamish about yeah. the whole thing and so by the end it's not supposed to really make a lick of sense because by that time they're just like well we're just we're up the river and
1: we're right. totally I, lost well, and that's the I thing always, it gets
2: smaller and smaller it yeah. stops being about the war
1: and starts being about this dude yeah, yeah. And his I always
0: read shit. it as okay we're starting with a completely rational almost Hollywood film pre- uh, uh, sort of not premise yeah premise Yeah. your mission is to terminate the colonel's command
1: Terminate.
0: Terminate. But you're going insane with him. And so by yeah. the end, you know, you're you're as babbling fucked up as he is, so we can't tell a linear story anymore. Very obviously he has gone insane. This is the end. My only friend, the end. Are you an assassin? I'm a soldier.
2: <laughs> yeah. And so to me it's maybe that's why it's my favorite, because it seems what I didn't experience Vietnam personally, obviously, uh, but it just seems like it has the most visceral impact as far as what the war probably like for the soldiers over there. Uh, just, you know, a giant bureaucratic nightmare. Uh, yeah. and you're just stuck. So it's a good one. But it's no missing in action.
0: I will say <laughs> that. that. That is, that is truly uh, the bar that we yeah. must clear. Yes.
1: Yeah, I noticed that you didn't mention any of the Rambo films or missing in action. Basically all of the all of the hey, can we go back and, and like win Vietnam yeah. now movies from the from the yeah. mid to late eighties didn't make the cut.
0: The next time we meet, it'll be in Thailand with a special ops
1: designate who haunts the operation. Sir Do we get to win this time?
0: Well that's that's the subgenre. It- yeah. In my opinion, though, those are just war films like any other war film. I mean, they, that film has been made for every conflict since we've been making films. Well, uh, I, would, that, I would
2: argue, though, that they're prevalent in the 80s because it was uh, people trying to re-prosecute the Vietnam War for a win.
0: I think that half of them were that because, you know, there's obviously people with a political uh, skin in the game. But at yeah. the same time, there's also people who actually fought in the fucker who were wa- wanting to say, "Look, I have my own story. This is the real shit. This yeah. is what happened." Uh, one, it happened before the Vietnam War, so doesn't real isn't really a Vietnam movie, but they remade it in 1979, so that one kind of is. All's Quiet on the Western Front. That was uh-huh. a guy who fought in World War One who wrote a book, basically saying, "Okay." I got lied to when I was a kid because all the old people in my town told me how, you know, completely bitching going to war is. It's not, and here's why. You know, it, it, it's, it's the real deal. It's not trying to play up war. It's just basically saying, I had a bunch of friends and all of them are in the ground now because of this shit. And that was the first time we got that with films, really. I would just like to
1: point out that Eric is the sort of person who uses the word bitchin' Naturally, without it being <laughs> a reference to anything or ironic yeah. or anything else, like, he's having a serious conversation about the Vietnam War and just just tosses a bitchin' in there,
0: you know. War is bitching. Yeah. I <laughs> well, mean, yeah, there is a there is a certain amount of 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 uh, facetiousness to my yeah. use of bitchin' in this. <laughs> no, I love well, it. well, let's uh, let's explore this subgenre very quickly because okay. it's a very
2: impactful portion of the 80s i mean there's a lot of these movies yeah
0: um but so and Brian, I, think I do let me just say though i think it does fall apart eventually uh you know with these other movies because they spend there are so many films that come out that are bent on being self-important about you know wringing their hands over this war yeah. it's like by the end of it it's like yeah we get it shitty deal you know we we treated the the guys who came back like like assholes, cut yeah. it out, we get it, you know well we uh, do it so many times
2: of the let's win this thing again genre then so brian <laughs> what what would you say is your favorite was it was it Rambo that was oh, one of the first ones that came out of your favorite, your lips.
1: huh? yeah, no, it was the one I could remember <laughs> I don't know
2: that's so, our favorite well let's well, let's run through some so uncommon valor uh, uh was earlier that's Gene Hackman. Really boring. Uh, and, I mean, I, yeah, I remember it being
0: great, but it's so dry.
2: Yeah, it's basically, it's uh, the Dirty Dozen, but they just go to Vietnam to Next. get his son. And it's an early Patrick Swayze, so whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then you got Missing in Action. Uh, I think came I caught out, that on
0: cable, maybe.
2: Yeah. Oh, my God. I watched it recently just for shits and giggles, and it is so laughably awful. Yeah. I don't understand how... How, how it made, like the money only, shot was basically uh, like Chuck Norris jumping out of the river with the M60 and ta 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 with the water yeah, like dripping yeah. off of his just incredibly hairy torso. It's just like, what the hell?
0: I think with those but movies, that, that, you that's almost that's. you almost have to redefine success. It's like, are they yeah. supposed to be so bad they're good? Or is there actually one in there that's supposed to be good? Because... Yeah. Oh, yeah, and the the Golan Globus, you know, the canon group, they they had such success with that franchise. Don't forget David Carradine in POW, which was nothing but a redressing of the exact same shit film. (laughs) (laughs) That image of Chuck Norris,
1: you know, is so, like, emblematic of exactly what they were going for with that genre that I'm almost partial to it. So, yeah, keep going.
2: Well, I would say that Rambo: First Blood Part Two is my favorite il- of this, ilk probably, because it's just they obviously threw a lot of cash at it, uh, and they go after the Russians, so they sort of conflate Reaganistic uh, politics with the idea of Vietnam and going back and getting our boys. Yeah, uh, but it's just so over the top, fucking. Ridiculous. I mean, James Cameron really outdid himself with the script on that thing. Because it's just like, dude, I don't I'm even care. for you. <laughs> yeah, Murdoch, I'm coming for you. But then it's like he grips the microphone, and then you see all of the veins in his enormous bicep just ripple out. It's so yeah. fetishistic. It's notice, just amazing.
0: Do you notice, though, that the, the concept behind that film is that we actually could have won Vietnam. We were, we were better than the Vietnamese, we were stronger, we had better shit. If it just wasn't for the bureaucrats, you know? If it just wasn't yeah, for those yeah. libtards fucking us in the ass again, we could have won this thing.
2: <laughs> Earth,
1: Chris, I'd, I'd just like to point out that your, your example of James Cameron's script was a shot of Stallone's bicep, so I'm assuming this was written <laughs> in the script. It,
2: prob- it probably is. As it appears. Honestly. Uh <laughs> it's <laughs> just it's the most indelible memory of the entire movie
0: <laughs>
2: no i remember though when it came when it came out in 85 uh i went and saw it in the theater with my grandpa who was a retired lieutenant colonel in the army and i could physically hear him rolling his eyes through the entire thing next to me it was like oh i'm trying to enjoy myself you know i'm 14 just thinking man there's like blood and guts and war and Yeah, and i could just hear him just physically just Ah, uh, he just wanted out of the theater. But yeah. <laughs> to his credit, he stayed.
0: Ah. Uh, oh, uh, so yeah. Not realistic at all. I remember, like, what some scene of Rambo. Oh, yeah, that's right. Rambo is running from the, the napalm drop because, of course, and yeah. uh, he, he's running and he jumps off of this 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 cliff face and like lands in a rice paddy like no no a river and the thing goes off and he's fine and I remember as he's jumping off thinking how does he know how deep that river is because if that's <laughs> like six inches he's so very fucked <laughs> that would have been end of the movie when he was like hiding in the wall of mud and the yeah. VC walks right past him I didn't ask how did he know the VC was going to walk right past him I asked. Which hand did the last covering of his body? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> because something's still gotta remain without yeah. any mud on it. Well, and that's the thing with these particular
2: types of movies. It's it's they're the fantasy. It's like we this is what should have happened. Yeah. Uh but it didn't. Cause yeah. I mean, you know, if if you look at anything related to the history of the Vietnam War, I mean the whole thing was just a clusterfuck from the start. Uh and it really was just a case a simplistic look but a, a case of american exceptionalism just gone wrong it's like exactly we can do anything because we've got all the money we've got all the weapons yeah and we'll just win by sheer force of will yeah
0: and, and if we can't they, do that we'll could. make a film where we did and make america great again <laughs> yeah and we'll call it rambo
1: yeah back when your celebrity uh president was taken seriously um <laughs> was he though was
0: <laughs> he uh, uh, yeah mm, I actually Navy. put it to you though that first blood is a legitimate Vietnam film. The second one is another one of these you know ass grinders that you're talking about of just yeah you know, gun porn yeah yeah, yeah. and then, I'm uh, not sure what I think of the 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 reduxes now that he's in his seventies and still beating the fuck out of people um uh,
2: yeah the the one that was just called Rambo there's there's like a sequence where there's a bunch of bad guy soldiers in a field and he basically just starts ripping into him with his M 60 or whatever. And it's like just blood and gore and yeah. things just going oh, like yeah, death. Uh, arms go
0: blasting off of people. Yeah, It's film. like, man, it's awesome. So that's,
2: that's pretty much Rambo movies yeah. in a nutshell, right?
0: That there. I like, I, I, I don't think I agree they're, they're making one more, you know, would you say it's, yeah, it's Rambo last blood, right? Which is, you know, like, like, they may as well have called it John, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, they made Rambo and they made John Rambo. So, yeah, they're down to John. John.
0: You know, kind of like uh, Logan. Same thing.
1: Or they could get down to J.R. and then they could kill him and then they could make uh, a sequel uh, about his kids who try to figure out who
0: shot J.R. All of these are oh. better ideas. All of them. Every single one. Yeah. <laughs> but what they're going to make is old man Logan, just like the X-Men. <laughs> um. Anyway, that was not the case. So, so yeah, those are the 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 you know, I don't
2: and the, know. Yeah, ones. and that's like schlock. Yeah. I mean, that's like. Uh, and then I think Tarantino has mentioned this one before as well. The one called The Losers from 1970, which is basically just uh, a bunch of Hell's Angels are indoctrinated to go kick yeah. ass in Cambodia. Yeah. uh I mean, it's just yeah. So, uh, Grindhouse definitely was ripe for uh, sort of redoing the Vietnam War.
0: Yeah. So I I I, I don't I don't know where we are on time, but uh, I I, let me let me I guess I'll count down my top ten list, and I would love to hear what you think is missing. Yeah, sure. Okay, do it. Top. Okay, number ten. The ninth configuration. Anybody know this film? I do not. Mentioned it before, but I've not seen it. Okay, it's a William Peter Blatty film with. the guy with the hair lip, uh, Mike Hammer, uh, Stacy Keach. Keach, and yeah, he's 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 a uh, doctor S- in Stodanko. insane asylum, and he's back from Vietnam, and he's got anger issues. And the first half of the film is played like a comedy. The second half of the film is a philosophical, deeply flawed, fucked up horror train. It's 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 really worth watching, even though it doesn't sound like it when I say that. So how is this a Vietnam movie? Because it's his coming back from Vietnam. It's from like, I think 1978. So it's not part of this. It's basically glomming onto the whole apocalypse now era of let's be uh, crazy. Uh, gotcha. Number nine, Johnny got his gun, which actually is set in world war one, but it's about the Vietnam war. It's Dalton Trumbo. Uh, writing about a kid whose arms and legs are blown off and his face is gone and he can't communicate and they're just keeping him alive in a hospital bed and he's fading in and out of reality and so all of his dreams and memories are in color and all the reality is in black and white you saw that metallica video you you already know the story what to do with young men killing each other. When it comes to t- will you like For democracy, any man would give his only begotten son. This song won. Metallica bought the rights to Johnny Got His Gun so they wouldn't have to keep paying licensing fees every time that video was played, which I think yeah. is funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's cheaper Metallica. to buy the movie
0: than to, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, number eight, The Stuntman, which is... Yeah, uh, 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 like okay. the Ninth Configuration, it's about a guy coming back from Vietnam and dealing with it, but it's probably the closest I could find to an actual Vietnam comedy. Because it's funny as fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it's, it's, it's just another one where they're making a movie about World War One or something, Right. Right. I can't remember which conflict it is, but basically, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and Peter Tool is forcing him to do all these crazy stunts, and so basically, it's just like a crazy commander sending him out to do stupid missions that don't mean Steve,
0: anything. Steve Railsback is uh, a wanted man on the run. He served in Vietnam, and he is, uh, you know, mentally imbalanced, looking just like he did in Helter Skelter when he played a uh, 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 Manson, and. He shows up on this set. The stuntman gets killed because of an altercation with him. Uh, And so the director, Peter O'Toole, makes him pretend to be the stuntman or he'll call the cops on him. And so and the real reason he wants this guy is he was actually in a war. He actually understands how terrifying this thing is. So he wants some of that mojo to rub off on his film. So it's again, all sorts of crazy dancing around, but it's this scene with the the story about the ice cream parlor and the cop, that alone it's worth watching it. See this movie. Okay. Okay. Uh number seven, All's Quiet on the Western Front from nineteen seventy nine. Again, set in World War One. It's about Yeah. It's about Vietnam. The World
1: War I is our metaphor for the Vietnam War. I think yeah. usually. In the bottom five of this list, at least.
0: Because you couldn't do it about World War II because so many Americans had such a hard on over how wonderful World War II was, unless you were in it, and you couldn't do one about yeah. Korea because that only lasted like eight minutes. So, yeah, yeah. The, the World War I is yeah. the bloodiest, horriblest war we were in up until Vietnam. In my yeah. opinion. It. Okay, so number six is First Blood. We mentioned First Blood. I'm down with First Blood. Yeah. Okay. And that was uh, just... F- uh, First First
2: Blood and Rambo are notable for me because you get uh, Stallone having those just hysterical cry breakdowns at the very end of the movies. And it's a very
0: entertaining <laughs> performance tool. He can't got no legs! Just me, he's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and every time I see that, I, I think of, like... I think of how, like, at the time of the Vietnam War, he was in Sweden making porno movies. Go look up the yeah. Italian Stallion. That's, that's, that's what John Rambo was doing during the conflict. That's all I'm saying. That was Stallone's <laughs> Vietnam. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Good morning,
2: Stallone! Yeah.
0: Okay. Number five, The Killing Fields, which is really more Ooh. about the Khmer Rouge, but it... it, 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 it that was born out of the Vietnam conflict. which uh, yeah, just fucked up because when I took my trip over
2: there, so this is what, 2001, uh, there are st- like remnants of the Vietnam War all over the fucking place. It's weird. Mm-hmm. And in Cambodia, especially, there weren't really very many people over the age of 40. And that was really disturbing Ooh. to me because of the yeah. killing fields in Pol Pot. I mean, and yeah, you don't really think gone. about that until you're over there. And then you're like, what the fuck
0: so yeah that was very yeah i think most all of these vietnam films what the the ones that are interesting anyway aren't about being in vietnam they're about aftermath of vietnam you know like like people being fucked up and trying to figure out how to either be okay with being fucked up or stop it and the killing fields is about how politically the region is reeling from the war uh, but it's a really great film. And does not... I think it's, I think it's just forgotten. It's so good. Uh, okay, number four, Agreed. MASH. MASH is a Vietnam film. Which I just watched the other night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah,
1: I, think, I suppose I it I is. I liked, so well, they actually think, did use the Korean War.
0: Yeah, and they, they write out and said this is a metaphor. I mean, when they were yeah. making it, when they were releasing it, they said... Yeah, yeah, Korea, wink, wink, and, yeah. and other in there, Asian when you, wars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it makes it, it works when you when you watch it and you have that context. Uh, you can you can totally see it.
0: Yeah, uh, I I never liked the film as much as everybody else did. I I, I thought it was kind of I don't know Altmany. It was too Robert Altman, and it's Robert Altman-ness. <laughs> you know. <laughs> Where he's, like, abusing, like, 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 you know, where women are silly fuck puppets and, you know, guys just like to be guys and horrible dialogue that the actors made up themselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, the the storyline stuff is lifted straight from the book. And I like it better than the later seasons of the TV show when they decided to get serious. Yeah. So... When Every
1: episode is special.
2: None of them are. Yeah. And it's just, come on. <laughs> yeah. It's, you know, and once I got rid of Frank Burns, it was just like, oh, this show sucks. Fuck. So-.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 show. Yeah. The show had its own problems, but I still say this movie is one of the best ones because it is so terrifying at times. You know, you, you have all this, this clunky comedy, all this, I don't know robert altman ness and then you turn around and you're covered in blood you know then there's yeah. people trying to kill themselves then there's horror I get, you know i mean I the, the theme song talk is about suicide for Christ's sake. that suicide is painless it brings
1: on many changes and i can take or leave it if i please
0: uh, okay, number three Apocalypse Now. Yes. Everybody on board?
2: Yeah, we're good. Yeah. I would put it higher on my list, but yeah, right. I agree. It's definitely top three ish.
0: Well oh oh I'm I'm talking like from ten ten nine eight seven six five four. So that's number three. Number two full yeah. metal jacket, number one platoon.
2: Okay. I have issue with platoon All these because I just watched discussed. it recently. And huh. uh Oliver Stone basically just wields that movie like a fucking cudgel, and it irritates
1: me. Okay, is that an issue with the movie, or is that an issue with the way the director of the movie has behaved since it was released?
2: No, I, I'm discounting all of Oliver Stone's bullshit antics away from
0: <laughs> I film. I agree, because the I, I've watched it in the last year or two at least, and Willem Dafoe's death scene is actually hilarious. it, yeah, is it so really is funny. It's so laugh out loud. it's like hysterical. <laughs> yeah. He's dead? Yeah. Yeah, he's back there about 100 meters. You saw him? Where? He's dead. There's gooks all over the goddamn place. Get moving. Because,
2: I mean, you know, he like winds up getting shot to death in the Christ pose. It's just like, come on, yeah. Stone. Are you kidding me? <laughs> and it's just, there's nothing subtle about this movie at all. And, uh, you know, it, which is fine. Uh But having seen... Apocalypse Now and Full Metal Jacket, where they kind of have a little bit more uh, nuance to the tone. Because, you know, at times it's absurd, at times it's super dark and depressing, you know, etc. Uh, Platoon just feels one note to me, and I don't mm. really elevate it quite the way that uh, a lot of folks tend to do it.
0: But it did do the most work at saying, this is what it was actually like. You know, this, this, yeah. these were the different camps. This is how shit yeah. went down. Half of them were cowboys and half of them just wanted to go home. I mean, yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, it's as a as the, structurally, it, it definitely sets one of the templates for the typical Vietnam War movie. So I'll give it that. Uh, and it, it works as entertainment on a certain level. But years later, I read the book, The Things They Carried, which is essentially the same thing. It's just written from the perspective of the grunt. But that uh-huh. book kind of works in just weird narratives and goes off on all these weird tangents because it's all about how there's no reliable narrative for any war that story. That is true. Yeah, uh, I believe. And, and so when you have experienced stuff like that through reading and, and movies and things, and then you watch Platoon again, you're like, well, this is the most unreliable narrator I've ever seen, yeah. and I don't believe
0: any of this, so... Well, you know. mm-hmm. then you have, like, Colonel Oliver North, who, after seeing Platoon, said, I don't know what Vietnam he went to. It wasn't like the Vietnam I went to. <laughs> exactly. And exactly. that's when you realize, well, yeah, you're both right. You know, yeah. you both had different eyeballs on the thing, but, you know, but, I mean, Oliver's that's the one with the camera.
2: But that's Vietnam in a nutshell. I mean, people can't really put your <laughs> finger on any of it. Well, Full Metal Jacket, I will agree. that uh, It got disparaged pretty hard when it first came out. Yeah. a lot of critics called it Kubrick's worst movie. And I don't think they really Really? gave it. Yeah. I don't think they gave it a shot because he he filmed it on sound stages and in, in England. And so the whole thing has a very artificial look and feel to it. Uh, And I think that turned off a lot of people, but he wasn't going for realism. He was basically showing that you can't train somebody to go kill other people and have it work out reliably. I mean that's I basically can't, the movement.
0: I can I can't think of one Oliver uh, Oliver uh, one Stanley Kubrick film though that doesn't have that cold distance to it. Yeah. I mean yeah, that that's, that's just his thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's he's everything he does is going to have that look. He yeah. did um uh, uh Paths of Glory and that was also similarly very sound stagey, very theatrical. Yeah. But it had the same point of the terror of war.
2: Yeah. Well, I think yeah. what the the critics took exception with was just that it the the storyline and the structure is very uh, non linear. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I think they get, I think people get hung up on the fact that it's basically a two parter. So it's the boot camp and then it's yeah. the war. And when you get to the war, uh, Joker is a very different character than he was in that first half of the movie, and. I think it gets a little bit disorienting if you're watching it for the first time. Uh, but everything yeah, no, that
1: that's fair. It's like, wait, I thought I was watching this other movie now. Yeah, what? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. But, uh, but for me, it's, uh, it's probably apart from apocalypse now is the most quotable Vietnam war movie yeah.
0: that I've seen. The only, the uh, only complaint I remember like anyone making when that came out was where the hell have you been? It's so like Stanley Kubrick it, should have made know, this film really. like 10 years earlier, but yeah. to wait until 1987 is kind of political cowardice.
2: Yeah. Well, and the fact that Good Morning Vietnam beat the shit out of it at the box office too, yeah. I mean, that's just... That's I mean, so good, very 80s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, Good Morning Vietnam is okay, but it is not. Eh. I think all it has going for it is the fact that it, it uses the, the same soundtrack playbook that every yeah, Vietnam it's, it's, filmmaker,
1: it's, it's Vietnam the June jukebox musical, yeah, is, basically is what that movie
2: is.
0: Uh, so yeah, you got to get in all the the hits. Is that the is that the one where after he's told by the communist spy that uh, uh, you know you, you, who has that 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 speech about you don't know us, you don't know our people, you don't know anything about the I don't know what the hell you're doing here, and he yells, "This will not look good on my resume." like like and then they play surfing bird yeah and then yeah it's just like what
2: yeah well yeah so i i would agree with uh, a good chunk of that list you did leave off operation dumbo drop i, and actually I take did. exception to that
0: i actually had <laughs> a list of dishonorable <laughs> mentions uh that was one of them but uh
1: i i was gonna say tropic thunder
0: Yeah, it's actually going to be one of my picks. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) which is that's one of the best recent Vietnam movies in the in the category of jingoistic, you know, sort of, you know, like cock rock and war movies like you were talking about with MIA, and whatever uh, Tropical Thunder would be my pick.
2: Yeah, (laughs) but I it goes for this (laughs) hard in prepping for this. I actually uh Found the trailer for Operation Dumbo Drop, and I had totally forgotten this movie. Uh, and it's like Ray Liotta, uh, Dennis Leary, De- Dennis Leary, Danny Glover. Yeah, uh, it's like who, what yeah. is this? Yeah. And then it, basically, it's about them, and it, based on a true story, I guess. But the like a platoon of Army Rangers have to transport an elephant to a village somewhere because it, it's it's basically it's the plot of Temple of Doom. Uh, but repurposed as a Vietnam War Disney comedy, uh, it's just—I just—I sat there yeah. and just gobsmacked at what I was viewing, and it's like I cannot
0: <laughs> believe. And it came in like number sixty-seven for the year, yeah, as far as box office. I—I I have a theory that they put that movie out solely so that. No one would think that saving private Ryan was the dumbest fucking idea for a war movie of all time. (laughs) Wait a minute. We're going to send out a platoon of guys to die to get one guy. Fuck him. That's what I say. Fuck him. Why is he better than me? No, 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 no. Private Ryan can go fuck himself. I'm, I'm staying in this hole.
2: No. Were there any picks that he missed that you need to address, Brian?
0: No,
1: no, I'm good.
2: Yeah, okay. I've seen them all. I've I've lived it. Uh, yeah,
0: yeah. You have PTSD. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Wait. uh, So okay, then in closing, uh, Saigon. Shit. (laughs) You were gonna you were (laughs) gonna do the closing in Saigon. Uh, uh, (laughs) I asked for a podcast, and for my sins, they gave me one the
2: horror movie. (laughs)
0: We hope you enjoyed today's show We work really hard putting these together And so we want to hear from you We really do We take suggestions, we take comments We take insults So you can email us at MagnificentlyHuge at gmail.com You can look for us on social media Just search for Magnificently Huge Or leave a comment in iTunes Or Stitcher or whatever app you're using To listen to podcasts We really want to hear from you And remember, never get off the boat. Absolutely goddamn right. Never get out of the boat. Hi, Tiger! Hi, Tiger! Goodbye! Never get out of the boat. Absolutely
1: goddamn right. Unless you were going all the way.